Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hi, this is Kevin from Slaves on Dope, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. My name is Mark Striegel. I'm so glad you can join me here on today's program. Saw Ghost last night out in Brooklyn at the King's Theater. You know what's wild about Ghost is, I, I don't know, I just feel like it's their, their thing is growing. You know, because this theater was massive. I'd never been there before in kind of a what I call a rough area of Brooklyn. But it was this ancient old gorgeous theater just and it was massive I mean it was definitely the biggest place I've seen Ghost play and sold out I'll actually post a a picture from the balcony of the King's Theater and also the uh, exterior of the King's Theater in today's show notes at last night's Ghost concert so uh, yeah which was what the 12th the 12th November 12th it was a great show, as always. It's my fifth time seeing Ghost in the past two years. Obviously, I'm a little fanatical. Uh, met up with John Astronomy at the show. It was great to see him and his girlfriend, Lynn. My wife was with me, and we were supposed to meet up with this woman, Juliet Huddy. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She used to be on Fox News. She was a correspondent. Um, so, But I couldn't meet up with them because we couldn't get a babysitter until later, so my... My wife went in and hung out with uh, John Astronomy uh, and Juliet Huddy and a bunch of other people. And then I met him at the show later, um, which was okay. I love spending time with my kids. So it was, uh, it was a, a good night all around, even though I missed the, the pre-hang uh, for the ghost show. And I guess this Juliet Huddy person, who I, I, my wife knows her a lot better than I do, and John knows her pretty well. Um, she recently left Fox News. She was on the Fox News news station, and then she also did a lot, I guess, on the local Fox affiliate here in the New York area. 
Fox 5, they call it. And she even interviewed Ghost on Fox 5. That's how we initially met her at the the Rock... What was that? Not the Rock Carnival. The Rock Derby in upstate New York where Ghost was playing. And she was there interviewing them for Fox 5 News, believe it or not. So, yeah. Kind of interesting. Fox News, obviously, coming from the right angle of the political spectrum with their news reporting. And Ghost... Papa last night going off on Donald Trump. I wouldn't say it was an extended riff on Trump, but it was definitely a riff on on Trump, and it was kind of funny um, to hear, uh, at least from my political point of view. But uh, that's that, man. Glad that fucking election is over, and I hope we can heal as a country, guys, and come together come together here on the podcast for our love of hard rock and heavy metal let's get into a little ghost right now and we're going to come back a little bit later and hear from kevin from the band slaves on dope he is my guest on today's show little ghost ever since you were born you've been dying every day a little more you've been dying dying to reach the
Absolution by Ghost. Fucking love that tune. So goddamn good, right? Let's keep the music going right now. This is Ghosts of War. Not Ghost. Ghosts of War.
little Slayer right there. We have Kevin Jardine from the band Slaves on Dope. They have a new record out called Horse. Make sure you check it out. And we're going to hear from uh, from Kevin shortly, so stay tuned for that. But right now, let's hit a little charred walls of the damned. We're kind of on a, a ghost theme here. Ghost of War by Slayer, the band Ghost. And this, of course, is Ghost Town by Charred Walls of the Dam.
Guys, before we get into the interview, I want to urge you to support what we do here. I don't make money doing this. I lose money. It's a it's a fantastic hobby. I, I just love it. I have a lot of fun doing it. But it does it does cost money to spend four hundred dollars getting the website fixed and revamped. Works great on your iPhone now. Please go to the website, check it out. Leave a PayPal donation if you want to contribute to some of the recent uh, updates and additions we had done to the site. Obviously. This thing is kind of more my thing now than, than John's. That's been a long time coming. I feel like it's, it's, it's strange. I feel like some of the newer listeners, like they don't know Talking Metal where it was the Mark and John show. They kind of just, they know it as a thing I do. I mean, I, I've heard people say, you know, when you, the shows you do with Victor are great. The shows you do with Mitch and Mitch are great. Some even wrote a review. They love the shows that Mark and Emily do with Talking Metal, which Emily's my wife, my partner, crime, uh, and... I love having her on the show, so we'll get her back, and I'm glad uh, at least at least a few people are enjoying having her on. She's a great addition and a, a really true and blue fan of this stuff, which is one of the reasons I married her, quite frankly. Um, yeah, so anyways, it's kind of weird. I, I don't know. It's uh, We had such success back in you know, 2008, 2009, even before that with the Talking Metal show as Mark Striegel and John Astronomy, but it's re- truly evolved into something else. And I just get the sense that there's newer listeners who maybe have started listening in the past three or four years that don't even really understand what a big part of the show John was in the early days. And that includes behind the scenes stuff too, like running the website. He used to do the RSS feed, a lot of stuff. He doesn't do any of that anymore. All he does is he'll occasionally after like a 13 or 14 month absence or I think we're kind of back to the place where he occasionally does a co-hosting thing with me um and uh I I would love to hear some honest opinions from you guys uh like since the show kind of to me seems like it is a, a different beast now and has has different avenues that it goes down with co-hosts and with interviews and it's it's a different it's a different vibe um i if there are old school listeners i'd love to hear your honest opinion if you don't like the show as much as you used to back say seven eight years ago i'd love to know that if you like it better i'd love to know that i'd love to hear from you guys in general i'd love for you to give me a call and leave me a message on the talking metal hotline that number is 973-757-1917 uh, you know give let me know i want to hear what what you what you want to hear leave a request by calling 973-757-1917 come on i know you guys have your cell phones right there just stop for a minute call 973-757-1917 help pay for the show or the updates that I had done to the site by using our Amazon links. You guys know how that works. It links you right over to Amazon. You go to Talking Metal first, links you right over to Amazon. You make your purchases or leave a PayPal donation. I love those. And those don't come in as often as they used to. I'm not sure why, um, because listenership seems very strong right now. So, But I, on the flip side, the Amazon links are, are kicking ass. They're doing better than ever. So... However you want to support the show is fine, and at the very least, like our Facebook page or hit me up on Instagram or Twitter 
or follow me on uh, Snapchat. My name is, or connect with me. I don't know. Do you say follow on Snapchat? I'm not even sure. Connect with me there. It's Captain T Head is my name, all lowercase, C-A-P-T-A-I-N-T-E-A, Head, H-E-A-D, Captain T Head. That's my Snapchat name. Cool. So right now let's get into a little Slaves on Dope music. And then we're going to hear from Kevin Jardine from Slaves on Dope. This song right here is off the brand new Horse record, Horse by Slaves on Dope, followed by my interview with Kevin from Slaves on Dope. Right now I'm talking metal.
Hey guys, it's Mark from Talking Metal, and we are here in Midtown Manhattan with Kevin from Slaves on Dope. Thanks so much for joining us today, Kevin. Thanks for having me. You bet. You guys have a, a new record out, and I, I, I feel like there's a few stories I want to cover um, that relate to the record. Horse is the record. So before we get into some of the specifics, uh, let's talk about this record. And it's been four or five years since your last record. Why is the, uh, the time now right for a new Slaves on Dope record? Because uh, we finally finished it. <laughs> Have you been working on it for four or five years? No, actually, what happened was uh, we wrote the, we finished over the influence once that once that whole cycle was done. You know, we got we got back on the horse, ha ha ha, and we started writing it. Um, and it was written, I don't want to say super quick, but most of the tunes were written fairly fast. And I had an old recording studio I was renting. And then I bought a house with my wife and we moved the studio. And through all that process, it just all of a sudden, it went from being like pre-produced and written to like sitting around waiting to finish it. And we kind of took our time and then we got more shows and we did other stuff and then took like a month off, month off, became three months, became five. And then finally we started sitting down and saying like, look, we got to finish this. Like we have these songs, it's been like two and a half years we've been sitting on them, you know? So we slowly started saying, okay, let's get in the studio, which is my studio, but let's get in the studio and dedicate time to finish it. But it's because we work in steps. We don't, we don't write it as a band. I write all the music and a lot of the, a lot of the lyrics and vocal melodies and stuff with Jason, but we write it, I usually sit and write it, and then we pre-produce it all in the studio, and then we get the other guys to come in when it's time to track it. So it's quite a long process and we don't work like, you know, it's not like a full-time thing where we're, we're rehearsing, you know, five days a week like most normal bands and then, you know, they get a whole bunch of progress done in a month. We'll, we'll work when we have time and I produce and make records for other bands. So in between all that stuff, we try to fit. Trust me, the last thing I want to do after recording eight hours a day is call Jason to come in and record vocals because I'm... I don't want to do anything to do with music, right? So I was doing it on breaks. And it just so happened that the beginning of this year, when we did most of the finishing of the record, I had like a couple of months where I could really dedicate a lot of time to it. And that's basically what we did. We went on a vacation together. The, his wife and my wife, we went to Hawaii together. And as soon as we came back, we hammered the crap out of the rest of the record. And it was sort of lucky that I had a break because otherwise we'd probably still be staring at a bunch of songs on my computer screen, you know? Right on. And and you're the guitar player, one of the songwriters in the band, but you're also the producer. You produce this record. How how do those two hats differ for you? Do you, do you have to kind of um, take on different roles as a producer as opposed to a band member yeah well you're doing the whole you're doing the whole outside opinion of the music which is hard because when you're super attached to it how do you know if it's any good right but i think the way we do it and we've always been big proponents of writing it like quickly putting it aside and working on something else. And then when we feel we have the body of work, like we wrote 17 songs for this record. So when we feel we have enough where we have a record written, then we stop and we go back as, as um, more of an outside opinion with a lot more perspective because I haven't listened to the song 
for three weeks straight as we've been writing it in the jam room. We literally write it in a couple of days, boom, this, like I don't hear it for months. And then when you go back to it, you're like, oh, I really do like that, or I don't like that, let's rewrite that. And then, and then maybe take this part out of this song and throw it in this song. Like That stuff happens all the time. It's not necessarily a really linear thing. It's not like point A to point B. There's a lot of stops in between. And I find that's, that's just the way I work best. Um, but it's hard to do both. But I think the way we do it, it sort of lends it to, I can sort of wear one hat more and the songwriting hat sort of gets worn really quickly. And then the rest is really producer hat. You know, once it's written, I, yeah, there might be little rewrites here, but as a producer, I rewrite all the time for artists. So it's not like I, I don't do that. So I can be a little more objective and subjective to what I do because it's sort of like somebody else's song because I don't really remember. Half the time, man, when we started rehearsing to play some of the songs, I don't even remember what I played. I have to sit there and go, what the hell did I play? It's like, oh, I wrote, really? I played that? Okay. Cool. And I learn it. I learn my own parts because I haven't I haven't really played the song in like a year and a half or whatever it is, right? Since I tracked it. So then I have to go and learn it and then I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. Sometimes I ask the bass player, I'm like, is that how I is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, the drummer's like, Yeah, you're playing something wrong. I'm like, you're playing I wrote it. He's like, No, no, it's wrong. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right, it's wrong. But that's you know, that's sort of where we're at with it. We don't we don't over desensitized ourselves to our own music so it's always sort of fresh until it's like said and done and then you play it forever live and then you sort of do it but not in the writing process we never beat it never beat a song to death in the rehearsal room writing that's one advice I'll give to any band writing don't beat the song to death write it put on the back burner write something else and then come back to it later and you can really gain perspective on what you do as a band good advice now you have some really major special guests on the record at least in my opinion can you tell us who they are we got dmc from the great run dmc we have bill kelleher from the great mastodon we have hr from the mighty bad brains and we have leela from the damn truth who's a, probably one of the biggest up-and-coming bands in canada right now wow. very cool well let's start with um let's get the stories behind a couple of these stories behind the people who are joining you on this record bill from mastodon how did that all come about uh bill 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 and jason met um at a heavy montreal years ago and they sort of jay interviewed him for a radio show back home and they talked and they became friends and they bonded over a th few personal issues and stuff and they always stayed in touch and they would, you know, they would see each other, you know, when Mastodon would come to Montreal, Jay would go and a couple of times they played really close to Montreal and Jay drove down and they hung out and stuff. And just so happened that, just so happened that they were, Mastodon was on a long break and the other guys were doing side projects. And, you know, I said to Jay, I go, you know, we got a song on the record, you know, it might be cool to get a different guitar solo on it. He's like, you know, I, I never want to ask him to do anything. He goes, but you know what? Like they're not doing anything. He's got all these side projects you know what, maybe it's the right time to say, hey, look, I, you know, I'm in a band and stuff. And when he's mentioned to a Bill's like, yeah, I know, like, yeah, I'll do it. No problem. He goes, I built a recording studio in Atlanta. I'd love to use it and record and do something like on my own that's not a part of it. But when he put in the song, it still sounds like Mastodon, which is awesome because it's so weird. I usually am used to my soloing technique, but to hear him do it, it just totally puts the song on a totally different spin on it. Very cool. And really an incredible story with Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC uh, which I've spoken about on the podcast before I believe he he 
has this, what most people would be con consider an enormous honor, a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys, and instead of going to Los Angeles to be with A-list rock stars, musicians, and movie stars, he goes to Canada to record with you guys. What, 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 what's your perspective on this? I mean, was this a, a diss at the Grammys? Was just that he just had to go play with you guys, a little of both? I, I, I'm, I'm baffled by it. It's really an amazing story. We're pretty baffled, and I think you're, you're not calling us me an A-list celebrity then. I guess I'm like an F-list celebrity. But no, that's understandable. He Look, it was funny because when, when the whole thing was set up and everything, um, he was coming to the studio and he was going to do a bunch of interviews, come to the studio for a couple hours, do the tune. Um, I caught wind on the, on the Monday that he was getting this, this award. And I called Jason. I'm like, Jay, are you sure D's coming? Because like, he's getting this award and like, I don't think he's coming. Like, and he's like, no, no, no. I talked to Eric and D, and Eric's his, his uh, manager, assistant manager. Stephanie was like, no, no, he's coming, he's coming. I was like, all right, dude, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, I was, I was just as surprised as as everybody, well, everybody, the band and 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 you, that like, he would skip something as important as that. But as he said to me, he goes, look, I had two choices. I could be in a studio creating music with a great band, or I could be sitting with a bunch of Hollywood losers accepting an award that like I probably should have got like forever ago. And in his words, he goes my life's not over lifetime achievement award like i'm still creating music why would i get it now you know mind you i think he should have gotten 20 years ago but it's not really the point the point is is like he loves to write music and create as as do i i love writing that's why i produce bands and that's why i do what i do but he loves it and he loves it just as much as us so it's it sort of once you get to know him you realize that that that's his first pick because that's what he loves to do and it's interesting because, you know, I watched the Grammys that night and here they, they would do cutaways to the audience and you'd see Reverend Run and, uh, you know, Russell, Russell Simmons was there. And it was just it was it was almost watching it uh, awkward that he wasn't there, which is why I couldn't help think that that I'm sure he he loved what you guys were doing and wanted to record with you guys. But to me, it was almost like a middle finger in the face to to the, the Grammys. Yeah, he's not. Look, he's. I uh, won't speak for him, but uh, he's not. That's not his trip, man. It's not. He's not into the Hollywood party lifestyle. You know, on camera, hanging out. He's not that. He. He. He's a studio guy. He loves writing rhymes. He likes creating music. He loves talking comic books. He's not. He's not into that scene. Like that's not his thing. He just. He loves the the creation process and the artist part. He always has, you know, and that's even, you know, he's saying earlier today with Run DMC, you know, like he, he wrote what he knew and, and he started because he wanted to, that's what he wanted to do for his life. So whether he's getting an award or not, if he has the choice to create music or sit in a room full of people, well, you're creating music, right? That's more important. Right on. And where did you guys first meet uh, Daryl? My house. Yeah. Was there any introduction? Like, how did you get to know him? He rang the doorbell and said, hi, I'm Daryl. And then I said, there's empanadas in the kitchen. And he said, oh, yeah? Good. And it was, dude, he's like, he's like the nicest guy. And you know what? Like, we built a really good friendship over the course of time. And it hasn't even been that long. But he came to Montreal for Comic-Con. We all got together. Like, Is that where you originally met him? Or that 
Jason just met him. Jason started through emails, and then it was the com because he does comics that Jason started talking to him a lot more and trying to get him into the Comic Cons so he can sell his comics and do all the things that they do at those Comic Cons, right? So that's how it all really started, and then it turned into like getting him on the tune, and then you know he played with us and we did Madison. He came up and sang a song with us. Like now it's turned into this thing where we're doing music. I wrote a song for his record. We're writing a song. We did a song for this basketball uh, Spencer Haywood documentary that's coming out that Chuck D narrated. So we wrote a song for that, and it just just blossomed into this this creative sort of thing that we sort of we started doing together. It's neat. Cool. A couple more questions for you. Um, you're a producer in addition to being in Slaves on Dope, as as we've mentioned. What other bands are you working with, producer wise? Uh, I just finished a record with a band called um, Chair Warriors not too long ago. It's an EP six song, very, very good band. I uh, actually manage a band called the Maxwells in Montreal, who's a phenomenal band. Young guys, very rock, um, very cool band. I'm um, doing a band right now also called White Canvas Sky, who's sort of like a very quirky, almost, almost like... I don't even know how to explain It's very, very interesting sounding. It's almost like Dave Matthews meets Alice in Chains. Very interesting. Um, I'm working with a band called Perfect Strangers, who's like a funk rock band. Um, kind of like Maroon 5 meets like James Brown, kind of. Very throwbacky, but very modern. Almost Bruno Mars-ish-y, kind of. But a little, more, a little more organic. Like he's a little fluffy. Not that I don't like Bruno Mars, but he's a little fluffy. Um, and I just did a jazz fusion record, this band Altered Tones, like live off the floor, like major chops. Like I just do all sorts of my, I run the gamut, like all over the place musically. Because I, I see myself more as a producer than an engineer or a studio or a what. I find bands, I work with bands, I try to help them get better through the experience I've had producing bands and being in a band. I help them with all sorts of stuff and. You know, I'm always looking for great bands to work with, mix, produce, help with help with songwriting. Like that's that's the key to the business. You don't have good songs, you don't got nothing. You know. Right on. And final question to kind of bring it back to the record. You guys dedicated the record to Stuart Hersey, and and who 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 was Stuart? Stuart was a, like one of those mega fans. You know, he'd buy every piece of merch, come to every show. Super nice guy. Um, he was just a really genuine guy, you know, and it's funny because we were always big, we were always big on meeting fans and hanging out, you know, we'd never lock ourselves in the backstage and hide from people, we'd be at the merch table, we'd be walking through the crowd with the opening bands, I'd be, you know, we, that's the kind of people we were, we're not rock stars, we, we're guys that write music, we're artists, we're creators, we're not big rock star, you know, don't want to meet any. I prefer to meet fans, and the thing with that is you make a lot of friends. Even though they're fans and they love us and they spend money on our stuff, we're friends with them too. Like we, we, we talk to them. They made Facebook messages. They see us. They, you know, it's a little more than that. And that's we have a lot of people in, that are like that. And he was one of them. And just sad, you know. It's really sad when you lose somebody who you sort of consider part of the inner circle family of fans of the band that you sort of know and you get to know over the years. It's really too bad. Well, thanks so much for joining us, and we encourage the Talking Metal listeners to check out Horse, and uh, we'll have that link through today's show notes. It's up on Amazon, iTunes, Spotify, 
where's the best place the listeners can get in touch with you guys online? Is there a Twitter, Facebook? Fa Facebook Messenger. We're, it's not Jason that's on, it's me that's on. And yeah, we just, I love hearing from people. We had a guy from, a bunch of people from Russia been emailing us, freaking out over the record. You know, like, we're, I'm, we're normal people. We make music, yeah, we can't answer everything in 30 seconds like everybody expects. But we always try to get to every message and talk to everybody and keep, keep, the, keep the pulse of what's going on and what people are thinking. And yeah, we, we love talking to people. Cool. Thanks, Kevin. My pleasure. Thanks a lot, dude. Yeah, thank you.
Oh, that's dope. Little Slaves on Dope right there. Check out the new record, Horse. It's out now. Cool, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on Talking Metal. Thanks to Kevin for joining us. We did that interview in a hotel lobby in Midtown Manhattan. All right. Leave a message on the hotline again, 973-757-1917. I appreciate all your support. I appreciate you listening to my show. I, I, I just I need feedback, guys. Give me feedback. I got some feedback on Facebook. One person told me they love... Um, the shows, the metal rap shows, it's great to hear. I love doing those too. You can get those right on TalkingMetal.com or subscribe to them on iTunes. And sometimes I will repackage them on this feed. I didn't actually do that for the last episode, so if you missed that, go check out Metal Raps. There's a Metal rap section on TalkingMetal.com where you can hear those shows that I do with Mitch Joel and Mitch LaFon. They're fun shows. Felt like I didn't really talk that much in the last episode. That's why I don't think I'm gonna put it out over the Talking Metal feed. It's still it's still a good show. It's about Metall- Metallica and Bon Jovi, kind of talking about the new music that those two bands have been putting out. So to conclude with today, uh, let's hit a song by Scorpion Child. This band is freaking great. You got to hear this song. Love this. Love this. Love love love. Tower Grove. This is called. This isn't even like the first cut on the record or anything. It's buried kind of deep towards the back part of the record. Acid Roulette is the name of the album. Again, this song, Tower Grove, and again, the band Scorpion Child out of Texas, I believe. Awesome stuff. Love this stuff. God, it makes me want to freaking play in a band again. Love it, love it, love it. Tower Grove, new music, rather new music, 2016 release by Scorpion Child off the Acid Roulette record. I'll talk to you dudes next time. Come on, hit me up on Twitter. Show me some love. Uh, oh, the thing I was going to say, yeah, somebody earlier, I, I never finished that thought. Um, what uh, Somebody wrote they love the metal raps thing, but they don't like the shows with music. They don't. They fast forward through the music. Somebody hit me on Facebook and hit me up on Facebook and said that. And you know that's why we do a non-music version of this show. I think it's mind-boggling that somebody would want to listen to the show without music. To me personally, just because I'm a music guy, I love music. I find these podcasts that don't feature music okay but i mean imagine how awesome eddie trunk show would be if he actually could play music or did play music well here at talking metal we don't give a shit about laws or rules or anything like that we play music okay guys and uh we're gonna keep doing that and yeah so but if you don't like it go listen to the non-music version it's on itunes talking metal no music you can subscribe to it all right all right (laughs) tower grove by scorpion child 